Welcome to Marketing with Confidence. I'm your host, Marianne Amies. We're going to be talking all things digital and online marketing for business owners and marketing professionals. If you've been feeling overwhelmed by your digital marketing, be sure to listen along and you'll hear tips, interviews and more that will give you the confidence to create marketing you love. Welcome to the podcast, Suze. I'm so excited to have you on today. Oh, thank you. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited about your podcast in general. I think it's amazing. (laughs) Well, obviously, um, my podcast even being in fruition is, you know, hugely thanks to the work that I've done with you and the, you know, motivation and inspiration to, to get it up. And I'm loving doing it as well. So it's one of the, you know, best things that I did last year. Well, I think you're like me. You and I can talk underwater. So I'm always about really <laughs> leaning into your strengths. <laughs> yes. So no, why not? No shortage of, of things to say ever. <laughs> We're blessed. Um, well, look, I, you know, obviously you've you've been a big part of my journey last year. I'm very confident that a lot of people know who you are. But if I could get you to kick off by just telling me about yourself and, you know, how you came to carve out your space as a bold business and mindset coach. Yeah, for sure. I See, I always assume that people don't know me, which I think is ah. a good place to be. You know, it keeps you humble. It yes, keeps you yes. humble. Yeah, it's like for everybody that's listening that doesn't know me, <laughs> hi, I'm Suze Chadwick. Uh, so, I come from a sales background. I started my career in recruitment. And so I used to manage big sales teams uh, here in the UK and in America uh, and love sales, love business in general, loved mentoring people. Uh, And it just all evolved quite naturally. Like I was in recruitment and then I ended up working with a branding agency in London to do a big recruitment like project that we Mm. had on. And I was like, what is this incredible amazingness (laughs) that is branding and marketing? Uh, And we've done a little bit of it, but not to that extent. Like we were doing, you know, ads in the paper and that like big things in train stations and event activations. And and I was just like, oh my God, this is so fun. (laughs) And so that kind of led me into wanting to find out more about the brand space and uh, when I, just before I went on maternity leave, I uh, met a consultant who was a brand consultant. I had my baby. I messaged her on LinkedIn and said, "Remember me? We <laughs> met a few months ago. Uh, I'll work for you free of charge a day a week while I'm on maternity leave if you oh, teach wow. me everything that you know." Yeah, and so I just work would work for her on a Thursday while yeah. you know my baby slept, and we would be doing community building for brands and brand strategies and marketing strategies and all the rest of it. And I just loved it. I thought it was amazing. And so when I came back to my corporate job, I ended up moving into a employer branding role. Yeah, and just was constantly learning. I was just like my appetite for understanding the digital space and building communities and building brands was insatiable. And that worked really well for my corporate uh, employer. And I ended up building them a global employer branding agency where we worked with really big investment banks, really big media companies, all the big pharmaceuticals that you know. And it was just so fun. Like I loved it. And yeah, and then I ended up and I built that from scratch. So I had to do all the messaging, marketing, branding, pricing, mm. sales. Wow. And I had girlfriends that 
were really great at their jobs. They were on maternity leave and they'd be like, oh my God, I don't want to go back. <laughs> and and I was like, well, you're really talented at what you do. Like, what about if you just did your own thing? And because I was side hustling, I, yeah. I like I was kind of like looking at building my business. Uh, I just helped them to build theirs and they were like, yeah. you should do this. <laughs> I was like, should I? <laughs> so from there it just kind of grew. I worked with them. They referred me to friends. Yeah. And then I just started my own business. Yeah, 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 that's awesome. So funny that you have that experience of working sort of in corporate and then getting exposed to marketing and, you know, it's sort of like the the lights turn on. When I taught marketing at TAFE, Oh gosh, it's probably 15 years ago now, which is quite depressing. I must have been a child. Yeah, five. (laughs) (laughs) But half, because I taught marketing at night, I would say 75% of my class was students that were like, I'm in sales or I'm in admin or I'm in HR, but I want to do what the marketing people do. Yeah. It's just such, I think... So, you know, it's always that vibrant area of the company, you know, and even if it's not, there's just this perception that it is, you know, it's it's really, you know, they see you doing all the exciting stuff, having all the all the fun. And um, yeah, no, it's, you know, takes me back to that that kind of stage where I heard that so often. And I think, you know, marketing can spur on so many different career paths and and you know, different journeys as well. So that's great. Yeah, and I just think I think that for me it definitely lit a spark. Yeah. Where I was just like and then I just like read all the branding books <laughs> and I was just obsessed with Marty Newmeyer and Chris Doe and <laughs> I would just watch YouTube videos endlessly and and I was just fascinated by it yeah. and I think it was about the relationship. For me it was like building these incredible relationships. And I think as somebody who I used to buy a lot of luxury products when I was in London because I was obviously single and earning quite well. (laughs) And I think that for me, I, as a consumer, Mm. I was fascinated by the psychology of brand and marketing as well, where it was just like, if it was a brand I loved, I would just do anything. I'd do anything to get into their sales or I wanted, I wanted their emails and that's what it said about me. So I just, I I found it fascinating just to be in that world and just to watch how it worked. Yeah, absolutely. And as you said, to understand the psychology of that, Mm. what are they, you know, what are they doing that elicits this response in me? And, you know, how does that work with other people that aren't me? Yeah. I think that whole human behavior, I think that's why we all also want to study psychology. You know, it's kind of yeah. like you study marketing, you're like, should I do psychology? <laughs> I think when you're in marketing, you're in psychology yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah. No, it's it's fascinating. Um, awesome. And obviously, you know, you're someone who really talks about the importance of being the CEO of your own business. And I think it's an, a really powerful message to put forward to business owners now, because for many of us, you know, we've come from being employees, we we start a business and we, you know, you're good at doing the do, but all the business stuff that goes along with it is like a shock to the system. Like, oh my goodness, there's finance, there's expenses, there's marketing, there's sales, all those sorts of things. Um, And, you know, becoming that CEO of your business. and, And I know you're a big advocate of having like a CEO day where you put on that hat. Um, So you're a great person to ask this question about how you balance working on your business with working in your business. 
Yeah, I feel like, so when I was in corporate, I feel like some of the habits, the good habits that I had, I brought across to my mm-hmm. business is that I remember a director of mine saying to me, you know, I, because I was in this new branding agency space, she was like, just take a day out every fortnight or every week just to think. Like yeah. we want, because you've got to come up with models and concepts of how we're going to run this. I just want you to have that space to think and really think about the business. Yeah. Think about how we're running it. Think about the concepts that we need in order to develop it, to yeah. make it really attractive to the clients that we want to attract. And so I just brought that into my business when I came into my own work where, you know, and I remember somebody saying, I I can't remember who it was, but it was such, such a long time ago, like treat your business like it's, like it's your best client and you will continue to grow. Yeah. And I think that whilst I didn't have a CEO day at the start, I think I kind of maybe gave myself two hours on a Monday morning where I'd be like, okay, what do I need to focus on? What are we trying to do? You know, when I say we, it was the royal, just me, myself, and I, by the way. Uh, <laughs> we, we, me and my team of me, myself, we and have I. have Friday off. <laughs> I always do say I've got a very good boss. Oh, I say uh, the opposite. I always say my my boss is a real, you know, <laughs> works me to the bone and she has these high expectations. Uh, yeah, you've got to change that. You've got to get a new boss. I, I was going to say, I need your boss. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, my boss is awesome. My boss gives me lots of time to think about what I want to do. My boss gives me a pay rise, like on a fairly <laughs> regular basis. I get Fridays off. But, but yeah, I think for me it was, okay, how do I make sure that I'm investing the time to run my business really well so that I can grow it. And I also just want to talk about the CEO mindset. The reason that I talk about stepping up and hiring yourself as a CEO is because like you said, a lot of times we are like the employee. We just work and we answer to our clients and we work long hours and we, and that's where I think, you know, you don't end up increasing your prices or you don't end up doing the things that are really going to give you the business and life you want because you're just in that churn employee mindset. But when you decide to hire yourself as a CEO, you're actually saying, let me take myself out of my business so I can see the wood from the trees and actually see what's going on. What are we trying to achieve? What are we trying to do? And then what are the strategies that I'm going to create and implement and the metrics I'm going to measure to see whether the business is doing what I want it to do so that I can pay myself more, so that I'm not working all the time, so that I'm actually working with clients I really want to work with and not just whatever comes my way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And obviously it's like you're just talking to me. I mean, that's big journey that I've had to go on of not being, you know, the employee mindset yeah. and and definitely um, expanding into that space of of giving the business that time and like almost the airtime it deserves, mm. you know, where you, well, I, you've heard me say that a million times, if I could be my own client, I'd do an amazing job. Um, so you again, your own client. Yeah, yeah. But I love that. You know, I think thinking about your, your business and thinking about yourself as being hired into that CEO role really helps you then have that accountability and carve out that space where you are, looking at the strategy, looking at the direction, looking at, you know, what's next and and how have we gone as and and where are we going, uh, you know, and having a set time for that as well. 
Yeah, and so there's two things with that is that I do think that there's an identity shift, which you know I talk about quite a bit. I think there's an identity shift with it where you start to value yourself more when you decide to step out of employee mindset and into CEO where you're like, if, like, really, if I was to honestly see myself as a CEO, I would value myself in a very different way. Like I have got the strategic brain and ability to be able to grow a business. Yeah. Like just that in itself, acknowledging that you're capable of that, I think helps you to go after bigger things yeah. and be more strategic in the decisions that you make. And the second thing around how I balance the work, like working on mm. and in the business is I talk about professional practices a lot as well, where when we're working for somebody else, we're like, okay, these are all the tasks I have to do. And so I just get on and I do them. Whereas when we're in our own business, a lot of times, and I hear this from clients all the time is, and it's tight now if I feel like it. And I'm just, like, I'm just like, it doesn't matter whether I feel like it or not. And obviously if you're sick or whatever, that's yeah. different. But Mondays are CEO days. I yeah. have a catch up with my VA. Um, you know, I have certain times of the week where I'm doing my finances. I just emailed my accountant this morning with staff. Uh, you know, Wednesdays are normally coaching days and yeah. Thursdays are coaching days for me. So I have specific times of the week. And this is another question I get from people is how do you know what to do in your business? So yeah. when you've got a CEO mindset and you understand what your goals are and what mm. you need to do in order to reach those goals, obviously a whole lot of things drop out of that. And then having professional practices around, okay, I do my finances on Thursday. I do my CEO day on a Monday. You know, I do my content on a Monday afternoon as well. Like there are things that happen every week consistently yeah. that yeah. means that you're operating as a business and not driven by emotion yeah. and whether you feel like it or not. Like every week you do the sales stuff yeah. and the revenue generating stuff you need to do because that's a professional practice yeah. of running your business well. Yeah. So I think that that's another thing I think is really important to kind of shift your identity into. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I think as part of that, it's also not like not banking on today's successes. You know, it's that whole, if you're not growing, you know, you're dying because just because things are great today, you go, oh, I don't need to do the CEO. Yes. I don't need to look at things because things are really good. But then you don't foresee the whole in two months time or, you you know, you haven't got enough in the pipeline um, because you're so excited about what you've got on and you're doing that, that you're not sort of refreshing what's coming in. So when other things wrap up or fall away, you've got the next thing and the next thing. And I think it's also the benefit of working on your business is seeing that more effectively and having plans, you know, having your always on, you know, you're always on marketing as well, because, you know, at, at any time there's ebbs and flows within your current portfolio, especially in a service-based business. And you need to, you know, make sure the next thing is coming through for you. Yeah, absolutely. You've always got to, you know, that comes goes back to my sales days of always having your sales pipeline. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, you know, even what I'm doing now, it's probably not going to pay off for three to six months. Yeah. But if I'm always doing that, then I'm always kind of ahead of the game as well. And can I just say, I'm not 100% foolproof on this. Like I, there yeah. was not long ago where I did get a little complacent where I'm like, oh, the money's coming in and it's not too hard and I've been doing this for a yeah. while and, you know, and then I saw the knock-on effect of yeah. a few complacent months where I was like, meh, you know. <laughs> so I feel like 95% of the time I'm on it, but yeah. every now and again, you know, we all kind of get a little comfortable. And complacency, yeah. what did they say? Complacency is the enemy of progress or something like that. 
Yeah, it's something like that. It's I mean, that one like definitely that. works. That one works too. <laughs> <laughs> like that one checks the box. But no, it's true. And um, funny, even we now take that approach in our agency with staff. So having what we call like on the bench, keeping people warm on the bench. So if we someone comes, you know, to us who looks like a great candidate, but we don't need that right now. I'm still like, let's interview, let's chat, let's establish if we could work together. And certainly when something comes up that fits, we'll reach out to you. And, you know, it's that same sort of mentality of not waiting for the the gap and always making sure you've got strategies, you know, that you can draw on at any time. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. That's such a recruitment thing. Keeping my con- <laughs> I remember keeping my contractors warm. Yeah. Like just calling. How's it going? Are you working are you? anywhere? What's happening? Like just stay in touch. Yeah. Pressure. Totally. I just wanted to say hi. <laughs> <laughs> just reaching out. <laughs> my mum said that the other day about our like our real estate agent that we've worked with a few times. And he's also a good friend of mine. She's like, he's really good. You know, he calls every year. And I was like, Mum, he's keeping you warm. <laughs> I've got a real estate agent that does that too. Lovely I, guy. I personally find it annoying, but anyway. <laughs> no, but lovely guy, but he's keeping you warm. Yeah. Um, let's talk morning habits. So, you know, in CEO media land, we hear a lot about, you know, the magic morning and, and those sorts of things. So I wanted to hear from you. What are your morning habits? What are your secrets to getting the day started? Sleep in, lots of coffee, start late. No, I'm joking. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Just start in my pajamas. No, Uh, I think for me, I this has developed over time. But yeah, I definitely have a morning routine where I kind of depends on what time I get up. So sometimes I wake up at like five o'clock in the morning. Yeah, Yeah. but my body, but literally my eyes open. I'm like, you're ready. Yeah, like let's go. Uh, and on mornings like that, I'll actually come into the office in my pajamas and I might just like do a couple more thoughtful things. What mm-hmm. I mean by that is like, I might write a little bit of my book yeah. or I might sit and if I'm writing something that needs me just to sit and think, yeah. I like, I like to use that as thinking time yeah. rather than admin or doing bits and pieces. Yeah. Uh, and then my kids are up and all the rest of it and my hubby goes to work and then uh, for me, I do a lot of thought work, which, yeah. you know, I talk about, and I feel like it is the most powerful thing. So, you know, when I wake up in the morning, I try and have really intentional thoughts around like, today's going to be great. I'm going to, mm-hmm. you know, what, if I'm doing content, like I'm going to totally nail today. It's going to be yeah. easy. Like I tell myself a lot of, I tell myself that oh, things are easy a lot yeah. of the time yeah. because I feel like even yesterday I was using a new camera, I was doing some videos. I could have thought, oh, I've got to work all this new tech yeah. out. This is going to be so hard. But I just tell myself this is going to be easy. Like I can yeah. sort it out. And so I find that things flow a lot better when I'm having my coffee. I think about, you know, um, how I want my coaching calls to go that today. And I say things like today I'm going to, I'm going to like attract two new clients. Yeah. Like I just put it out there. I just have, I just try and have all of these really positive thoughts. I'm just like, I'm just going to like, you know, I'm going to have an extra $30,000 this month. Who knows how? Yeah. I'm just like putting it out there. And then I tell the universe what you want. Like, yeah. And I feel like my brain sort of searches for those things as well. And it just makes me happy. Yeah, totally. To be honest, like just having those thoughts. So yeah. And then in the morning, I'll just uh, sit and work through 
I try not to do to-do lists, but I do time block in my diary. So instead of writing like three things I have to do, I'll actually go and say, okay, I'm going to give myself an hour to write on the book and I block it in my diary. And then if I want to do the videos, I'm going to give myself an hour and a half. And so I block it in my diary because I am a big believer in a task will take as long as you give it. So I give my tasks set times so I know I've only got an hour to get that done rather than it's on my to-do list and it could take three hours if I've only got three things to do yeah um I'm like okay I've got that's a half an hour task yeah that done in half an hour and then I find I end my days earlier like when I'm when I'm more structured with my to-do diary yeah rather than my to-do list yeah I find I get things done quicker I'm a lot more focused and then I finish my day earlier yeah I like that so yes I mean sometimes I put things in my calendar to hold myself accountable you know I would do this you know planning piece but I haven't thought about actually making the time of that accountable and I think that's a good point sometimes Mm. like with deep thought work I can get really unfocused during it. Like I, you know, I'll procrastinate through it or I'll faff around here and there, do a little bit, go faff around on something else. Um, And I wonder if sort of having a a time block for myself would make me sort of go, no, you've got an hour to do this, Um, you know, get in there, be deep with it and and then get out. So, yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a great tip. I think that that's become part of my professional practices Mm. is, is allocating time, Mm. specific amounts of time. Yeah. And being honest with myself going, okay, I want to write all of these emails. I've got 10 emails to write or whatever. How long do you reckon that's going to take you? I reckon that's probably going to take me two hours to sit and write them and then just go over and review them. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to get that done in that amount of time. Yeah. Like I think just setting my own mind that that's how much time I've got. Yeah allows me to get through it quicker. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. No, mate, as I said, it makes perfect sense. And I think you and I have that same, well, I think mine is a bit more worse, structured to-do list. To go, you know, we've talked about this before. Mine, mine is very task orientated, yeah. um, primary. And I think, yeah, sort of hacking that system almost, you know, working into how my brain does love tasks and does love to tick things off the to-do list and using that strategically with time limits and things to sort of hack into that as well, I think could work quite nice. Yeah. And I think the other thing, you know, like we were talking about you doing a podcast because you're leaning into your strengths. Like, yeah. I'm sure you're like me. I have, I have big capacity. Yeah. Like I can get a lot done. Yeah. And so I would rather tap into that strength of mine and get a lot done in a shorter period of time so that I can take the kids to the pool at two o'clock on a day. Like for me, that's a motivation. Like Suze, like be the CEO, get in, get out, do it well, like get more done, be super productive, work from nine till two or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then like say to the kids, 2.30, we're going to the pool, like get ready. And then I know I've got something that I need to like be accountable for, but I'm just like, what are your strengths? Like where is it that you are super productive and how can you tap into your natural strengths and capabilities more 
to have the life that you want and be productive in your business and still get it all done. Yeah, that's so true. And it comes back to what you said a lot earlier about the job that you had where you were told to have a day, a fortnight to think. And, you know, again, I guess if you're a business owner that needs to, you know, continually have creative ideas or continually kind of have that fresh energy, problem solving, next big thing, giving yourself that time, you know, recognizing that you need that sort of time and and blocking out, like really playing to, as you said, the strengths of who you are and how your own mind works and and what's going to make you the most effective rather than trying to work against it, you know, putting everything in place where you can work with those strengths and get the most out of your day as well. Yeah. And I mean, I come from a project management background. So we were very like, you know, I had my Gantt chart, I love and, um, you know, and I had to like get clients in on that and yeah. work to deadlines and timelines. So, and I like that. So yeah. I'm just like, oh, I'm just going to use that in my business. Like, you know, I've got right. So I've got, you know, I don't know, launches or particular things I'm doing. And I'm like, right, by Tuesday on that yeah. day, all this has to be done. And my VA and I work like that too. Yeah. Like we've got dates and times and specific things that need to be done. And we meet up, we talk about it and we work yeah. in Asana and check it off. And and so I just think, you know, being planned and organized, I think is a great thing yeah. to develop if it's not something that's natural to you, I think that it gives you a lot of freedom, yeah. a lot of time, and it allows you to be really organized so that things get done well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, now I'm going to ask you a couple of questions about evergreen content. So um, it's a bit of a, a bit of a flip, but you, and you know, again, conversations that we've been having, and again, a lot of um, the content that you've been focusing on, especially, you know, with the kickoff of a new year has been around the importance of evergreen content. So I was really keen to sort of have you come along and, you know, for for this particular um, interview series on what, you know, CEOs need to pay attention to. So I was hoping you could share with us what it is, firstly, for those that don't know, and, you know, why it matters right now. Yeah, I think it matters more than ever, to be honest. So evergreen content is any content that you develop that I think is high quality that can be found at any time, even when you're not around, by your ideal client. Like that to me is evergreen. Like whether you did it three years ago or a week ago, it's still working for you. And so the first thing with evergreen content is deciding what kind of content it works for you. So for us, it's the podcast. Yeah. Uh, you know, it could be SEO blogs. And obviously with the podcast, you might have an SEO title. So people could find you in the app, in the mm-hmm. podcasting, whichever podcasting app. Uh, then it's on your website for SEO content as well. So you can be found through Google. Uh, we're starting to do the podcast on video now because YouTube continues to be like growing even more with the rise and rise of video uh, and shorts and all the rest of it. But I think it's about being strategic and having the CEO mindset of how are we growing our brand without Mm. it taking the hustle and churn from us constantly that really social media requires. And so, and so that's why I'm, passionate about it because, you know, I just think that the more women in business I speak to, the more the focus has 
very much been on how do I grow my socials? How do I grow my socials? And it just goes back to things that I think that, you know, people I've been following talked about for a long time is building building your brand on borrowed land, yeah. you know, yeah. on land that you don't own. And I, and I think that as TikTok and Instagram and everything continues to grow, we've just got to be more strategic in how we think about, you know, the kind of content that we're creating and also asking yourself, are you happy with what you're creating mm. or do you, or is there a sense of scarcity as in, oh, like I've got to create more, I've got to create more, like it's never enough? Yeah. yeah. And also is it working for you or do you feel like you're churning and burning yeah. because the machine requires you to constantly feed it? Yeah. And so for me that's really from a strategic perspective, where are we spending our time? Where will we be found if we put this YouTube video up or this podcast for the next three years? And how can we get more out of it? Yeah, Uh, absolutely. And I think that sort of reliance on social media and, you know, obviously I've got digital marketing agency and and I do believe in the power of social media, but it's one piece of a bigger puzzle. And number one, to create, you know, long form, high quality text content and just put it on a social media platform is such a disservice to the time and effort that you've put into creative mm. because it's not it's not findable it's not googleable <laughs> you know nobody's nobody's going to come across it and you know that again that effort that we put in but we feel very much like well you know business owners I talk to feel very much like that's where it's at you know I still lose breath when people tell me they don't have a website because they have social media (laughs) the gasp yes I'm the same (laughs) you know and and coming back to your point like that borrowed land I always say what if it shut down tomorrow what if the platform Mm. shut down tomorrow what if some what if tomorrow they said it had to be a thousand dollars per month and that that was starting in five days time you know to not have you know that content elsewhere to not have built a website to not have repurposed as well you know made one piece of content go further for you um you know and just putting all your eggs in that in the moment social media basket you're subject to the algorithm you're subject to so much and you're putting so much effort into it as well so I you know obviously agree with you wholeheartedly about how important evergreen content is uh to to building a lasting impression and I know myself I mean my my blog goes back to I think about gosh gotta do the math now 2011 maybe I don't think I didn't start it straight away 2011 2012 some of our top hits on our website are still posts from then you know and and that's that's huge that's something that you know again I you know wrote 10 plus years ago and it's make it's no effort in my week, but it's a way that people are finding and then seeing, you know, building their cross, trust and credibility relationship with our brand. So, you know, and that just doesn't happen with social media. You don't find a post from 10 years ago and, you know, and and certainly that, you know, read that and, and then go to a website and see more, you know, it's just, it's completely different. Yeah. And I think just really understanding where your clients are coming from and, I think is is one of the key things like you know we did we did some analytics a while ago 
and, you know, 30% come from the podcast. Yeah, wow. And so what I found from a customer journey perspective, which is another thing I think it's really important for you to understand is, you know, where are your clients finding you? So I get I get people that find me through other people's podcasts yeah. or through me speaking at events yeah. or through me doing masterclasses for other groups, so memberships, yeah. masterminds, et cetera. Uh, and then they usually come over to this, my socials to get to know me. Yes. So I think that's really interesting too, is that, you know, I, I know where my clients are coming from. And so socials are not, you know, where I guess people are finding me yeah. and buying. Yeah. Maybe that's because it's not where I'm putting the majority of my effort, but yeah. I find that other things that we're doing, which is more evergreen, that's yeah. where conversions are coming from. That's yeah. where people are like, you know, they get on the podcast and then they binge for like a few <laughs> weeks and then they message me on Instagram saying, how do I work with you? Now, yeah. to me, I'm just like, you're allowing somebody to spend time in your long form, high quality content, yeah. which builds trust really quickly. Whereas on Instagram or TikTok, I just feel like you need to be posting like once or twice a day. Like there's a lot of content that needs yeah. to happen in order for them to build that trust over yeah. a longer period of time as well. And to your point, they also need to have discovered you on there. So even if you are posting once, twice a day and it's really yeah. high quality content, you almost certainly need to be advertising, you know, paying to play in that space to get them to discover you there purely. Uh, you know, it, it really is that ad space now. You know, we we pretty much only pair organic management with paid management because that is the only way to get the most out of organic is to have a paid component with it for discovery. Uh, you know, to to your point, people are coming to your socials from other sources. Mm. And, you know, social is such an important trust point, credibility point, building a nurturing relationship, you know, letting someone feel over time that they they know you. But, you know, with discoverability being so difficult now on there, you do really need to have other sources that are driving them to it. And None of us can look past how important Google is. And Google will always be the highest intent. If someone's searching for your solution, for your offer, um, you know, asking that question to Google, they are more ready than if they happen to come across you on social media. They may happen to come across you and then go, oh, yeah, I was looking for this. But, you know, nine times out of ten, it's, oh, that's interesting I'm going to follow along and see if this is for me. You know, they're, they're not necessarily ready to go. Whereas people that are searching that need, they're high intent, they're ready. You know, mm. they're, they're looking for answers to a, to a problem they're expressing. They're, they're in their conscious state. They're not in their unconscious need of, I, you know, I, I need something but I'm not quite sure what it is or I have a problem I can't quite articulate the solution I need. Yeah, and I'd rather have 5,000 listens on a podcast and have 5,000 views on a social media post because I feel like somebody who's invested in reading the blog, watching the video or listening to the podcast, yeah. like they're giving me their time, like they're more invested in Absolutely. like consuming that content rather than somebody who's sitting watching TV, having a conversation with Correct. their partner and flipping through. Yeah. And maybe just seeing my post and that yeah. counts as a view or whatever. Yeah. Like I just think I would rather be creating that and then having somebody else cut it all up and put it on my socials. So yeah. my socials still get, yeah. um, you know, still get 
to see that. But yeah. I just think the way we've got to think about it is that master content. It's like, what's that one piece of content that you're creating that really is cornerstone, it's evergreen, it's high quality. Like if that was the only thing somebody saw, you would be like, yeah, like that really represents me. Yeah. And then really seeing everything else because that's what it is, is a distribution channel. Yes. You know, like everything else, all your socials are just distribution for something that you've spent time yes. creating that is going to work for you. Yeah, absolutely. And and again, like coming back to it, and is housed somewhere that can be found. Yeah. You know, so, you know, whether that's the transcript of your podcast, which might then lead somebody to the actual podcast recording, or it's, you know, keywords in your podcast that they can search when they're, when they're looking for a new podcast or, um, you know, just on-page content that's SEO rich. So, you know, I think it's also all those sorts of things as well, where you've got that opportunity to, to snap them up and, and bring them in and let them build that relationship with you as well. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting because one of the things, and I, I did a video on it recently, uh, which is also a podcast episode, because uh-huh. obviously we like to repurpose, uh, is, you know, somebody who I really love and admire and I think is really great with content. She was just saying, oh my God, I feel so stuck because all I'm doing is consuming other people's content and it's stopping me from creating my own yeah. like content that I want to. And so I was like, it's like when you're in a content coma yeah, <laughs> where it's just like, you're just constantly consuming other people's stuff and it's stopping you from creating this kind of high value evergreen content. Yeah. And so this is almost coming back to the CEO mindset of giving yeah. yourself the space yeah. to not be consuming, to sit and think, what is it that I'm trying to communicate to my yeah. audience? Who am I speaking to and what do I want to say? And then spending time creating that yeah. and being really focused on your business, your business being your best client, mm-hmm. yeah, rather than trying to do to-do lists and do bits and pieces and then consuming people's content, like really have those professional practices that are helping you build your brand and grow your business so that people can find you and you can get more clients. Like I think just just once again, stepping back and seeing the wood from the trees and really asking yourself, are you working on your business and creating assets in your business that are going to work for the long term for you? that allow you still to do the social thing, but it's not where you're spending your time. Yeah, yeah. And it's having those foundations in place. You know, it's what we always get back to in terms of the foundations of strategy in place. Like know who you're talking to, know the message that you're trying to get out there and then work on making, you know, high impact content with those two things in mind because you're right, when you consume other people's content, you're just in a me too. You know, oh, she puts out 10 videos a day that are cute and funny. I should put out 10, you know, but what's it for? Who is it for? Is your ideal client even consuming that sort of content? Are they even in that space and getting really purposeful with it as well? And, and, and having that, yeah, that greater mindset and and valuing it. I think, you know, it's a bit of an aside, but I think sometimes with social media, because it's free essentially to create and take part, we don't value the, I guess, the strategic importance of it as much. You know, it's sort of like, oh, I can do that quick. I can do, you know, I've got, and there's a pressure. I've got to put something up. I'll do that quickly. I'll do that quickly. And then we lose sight of the strategy. But I think with evergreen content, there's a more strategic place that you're coming from in the beginning, which actually makes it higher value, higher strategic importance, you know, and a greater impact for your business as well. 
Yeah. And I have to say that anybody that I have bought from that has cost above $2,000, mm. I have consumed their evergreen content Yeah, and then I've bought. Yeah. yeah. So I might have, like, I've found them on YouTube where I was looking for a specific topic, yeah. wanting to learn something, consumed a lot of their longer form, high quality, maybe yeah. gone over to socials to check out what they're doing yeah. there. But it's been their podcast or their videos yeah. that have yeah. really, like, made me feel like I can trust them. Yeah. And that I know what kind of content and the quality of the content that they share. Yeah. And so I feel like if you're wanting higher paying clients, yeah. a lot of the time, not it's not like, you know, always the case, but I feel like if there's a higher chance of getting higher paying clients, yeah. if they can listen to a longer form, higher quality piece of content from yeah. that. Absolutely. Because the trust of that is so much higher. You know, they've experienced you in a different more in-depth way they've understood more of you and it comes back to that position of giving you know you've that person's giving value but they're giving it in a really meaningful way that's rich you know you've probably taken a few key takeaways and then you're like I want more of this I want more of this on a deeper level but you know and that psychology of a consumer you're right I mean not sure there's always outliers but the majority of people that are going to invest a, you know, significant or meaningful amount of money into their personal development, they're going to have ticked the boxes. They're going to have checked it out thoroughly and and given, you know, given time to collect that data that this is the right person for me. Yeah, absolutely. And I also just one other thing on that is it's such a funny thing that I've been thinking about a lot lately is like when I look at people that I really respect and love online who I kind of hold in high regard, mm. I'm like, would Brene Brown do a miming reel, Suze? <laughs> do you feel like that's really reflecting you and putting you in the brand position you want to be? Would Chris Doe do like a dancing? Not that I've, I don't think I've ever done a dancing video, but I'm just kind of like, you know, I think it's about also what kind of content are you creating that helps you to position your brand yeah. where you want it to be as well? And so oh, that's something I think you should you should be thinking about. Like if you're wanting to charge three, five, ten, twenty thousand dollars, whatever it is, where do you need to position your brand and what does that that position look like to you? Are you a dance instructor? If not, should you That's different. Yeah. (laughs) If not, should you be dancing as part of your marketing strategy? Perhaps not. (laughs) And that and that's and that's a question that only you can answer. You know, and I do think I am a big I am a big advocate for putting you into your brand and for you to be very authentically you because I think that that's important. Like, you know, there are certain people who you know, are a certain way and they'll, I'm like, they're not for me or they are for me. And yeah. I'm very clear on that because they're very true to themselves. Yeah. So I think if that's you, but I think for me, I'm kind of like, if I really want to position my brand where I want it to be, yeah. what kind of content do I need to be creating yeah. and how can I do that in a better way? So always challenging yourself yeah. as well to be better, to do better, to create better. I think that's just something that I'm always thinking about for myself as well. Like how can this be better? Yeah, of course. And because we're all evolving, you know, look back at what you did one to two years ago and often it doesn't resonate with where you are now. You think, oh, okay, I wouldn't say it that way anymore or my thinking has evolved. You know, I, I actually see this through a new set of strategic eyes or, you know, and I think it's, it's, 
as we know, you know, it's okay. Like it's okay to continually be evolving and to be looking to new, I guess, or, or to be holding different standards to yourself as you go on and, you know, as you evolve and think, yeah, actually I want to be positioned more towards this. What actions do I need to do in terms of how I'm presenting my brand and myself to get myself there as well? Yeah, for sure. Excellent. Thank you. It's been such a great chat. I think um, I think everybody's going to go off from this podcast and, and think, you know, I need to write a blog post. I need to create something. I mean, you need to get on my podcast. No, you need to do something long form and, you know, they're benefited myself as, you know, as a marketer. I'm constantly, you know, surprised by new thoughts within my own strategic, I guess, intent. And and it does make me think as well, you know, yeah, how can I be better utilizing my content? I take um, my podcasts and I often break them back down on my social media, but I haven't been doing anything in terms of blogs, haven't been doing anything in terms of YouTube for, um, you know, to, to support this. And it makes me go, you know, there's so much opportunity there that doesn't actually involve more work or more deep work. It just involves more strategic intent. And I also think get somebody else to do it. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> like, you know, people are like, oh, my God, like how am I going to do yeah. it? Like I went on Upwork and I hired a guy yeah. in Sydney who does yeah. video editing yeah. and we're working out that process at the moment and it's not massively expensive. And I just think, you know, I'm, I'm thinking I want to hire like a social media person part-time yeah. who can just go into a content library yeah. who understands what it is that I'm trying to say and what, yeah. you know, good pieces of bite-sized content is and letting them go go and just do that. So so I think it's about, you know, leaning into your strengths and what you do really well yeah. and then outsourcing, you know, even on a contract basis to start with yeah, and okay. just getting them for a couple of hours a week until you get to a point where you might need them more and just like getting other people to help you. Like, yeah. you know, you can you can distribute and create that machine yeah. for yourself without yeah. it being you. Oh, absolutely. And it goes back to, again, an uh, inspiring quote that I think I stole from you um <laughs> I'm always intrigued to hear what it is I know you're like which one feel nervous <laughs> um just because you can do it doesn't mean you can. one of my favorites of last year that I still mantra to myself all the time I mean having grown up through a digital agency I can do it all I can get in WordPress I can you know there's probably not a tech problem I can't solve, but really, should I be, you know, and I really, I challenge myself and now, you know, we have a head of marketing and, and I see myself in her when she says to me, oh, I could jump into it. I'm like, just because you can doesn't mean, are you the best person to be doing this? I don't think you are. Like, I love it. And, and it's, and for me, that's a massive CEO mindset, you know, with yeah. the CEO, would the CEO go to the photocopier and make 50 copies just because he knows how or she knows how to do it? Like, absolutely not. So, yeah. you know, I think asking for help, yeah, putting, flying the white flag, asking for help, you know, delegating and, and using your amazing brain that's got you this far in your business to do the best things it's there for, not to do the, you know, the things that I guess admitting you've outgrown some things. Yeah, for sure. And like, yeah, building the kind of business that can scale and that you want to be in where you are in your zone of genius and yeah. allowing others to be in their zone of genius helping you. Yes. Oh, yes. Big, massive fan. It's up on the wall behind me, the giant leap. Love the zone of genius as well. But so good. no, fantastic thing. I feel like I could talk all day um, 
here with you, Suze. But, you know, to, I'm, I'm sure everyone needs to get on with their, the rest of their, their morning or afternoon. So thank you so much again. Um, again, where can people find you if they want to follow along and, and start consuming more of your amazing content? Thank you. I love this chat as well. I could talk about this all day. So you can find me at suzechadwick.com, which is my website. I'm at suzechadwick, S-U-Z-C-H-A-D. W-I-C-K, almost didn't know how to spell my own name there, um, on all socials. And I've got the Brand Builders Lab podcast as well. Amazing. Such an amazing podcast that I consume and absolutely adore consuming. So thank you again and um, until next time. Hey, thanks for listening to another episode. If you don't want to miss one, make sure you subscribe to the show in your podcast app. And if you love it, Be sure to share it with friends and colleagues who you think could benefit from increasing their digital marketing confidence. Want more? Head to MarianneAmys.com to find out how you can work with me directly, to reach out to have me speak at your event, or to grab yourself some free resources.